You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to your Locked On SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry of LandryFootball.com, and I'm Dave Hooker. We've got a monstrous show. We're going to start things off with the uh, big lead, and there is uh, certainly news out of LSU. Also, uh, we'll have a recruiting report, uh, Alabama four-star 2020 verbal commitment, Javon Baker, an impressive burst. We'll get Chris's thoughts on him as well. Uh, we'll step inside the film room and a scouting spotlight. So we've got Auburn, Missouri, Tennessee, all on the program today. And we'll get a report from Jimmy Hobbs of WNML as he is in Sandestin, Florida, for the uh, SEC spring meetings. And uh, it appears as if at this point, Chris, they're going to take a look at uh, instant replay. I'm curious, kind of your thoughts uh, before we get to the big lead on instant replay changes you would make if you were the czar of, of college football and changes you would not make no matter what, and you would be staunchly opposed to it. Well, my feeling on uh, replay really is uh, I'd like symmetry between college and pro football and that I think eventually because of technology, the game needs to move more into the booth. Well, we have real time um, because and the reason is everybody sees the calls and you can see it from different angles. Uh, you can't hide from that. Uh, you're going to have human error, but when you have the technology to correct it and you don't, that that's just being, in my opinion, foolish. So what I eventually like to see is the game to be eventually moved up into the booth in real time where you've got a very experienced official with the technology there, the big high-definition screens that can in real time tell the official on the field uh, look, uh, it's not interference. It's first down, 15-yard line, go in. And, and it's done a lot faster so we don't have the stoppage with people going talk to somebody else in the booth. It'll have real-time connection to where you can aid. You have basically another official. He's just in the booth, and he's able to oversee something that maybe other people are going to naturally miss from seeing it in live real-time. I think you do that. I think you have to gradually work that in. And if you do that, it becomes more seamless. You get the more calls correct. I think you get you get it um, you get it in in faster time. Uh, there's there's a you know feeling of not wanting to take it away from the game on uh, from the official on the field. But the reality is, at some point we're going to go there, and it may be a long time. It may not be in my lifetime, but it's that's where it needs to go. And I think that if you do that, you're going to get, I mean, what do we want? We want the calls made quicker and we want to made them accurately. And this would allow that to be done. Uh, it's certainly going to be rough at the beginning, but that's how it should be done. Quite frankly, the way it's done now is very, very uh, rudimentary. I mean, it, it, it's just, it, we've got to embrace technology. I mean, for we basically are doing the rotary dialing uh, form of officiating, and we're, we're all living in the world of smartphones. We just can't stick our head in the sands on this. Yep, I agree totally. Uh, let's get to uh, news out of uh, LSU, uh, where I know you're very familiar with. What do you got out of the Tigers? 
Well, a couple of things that, that jump out at me. Uh, it, we've had the uh, on and off again roulette wheel of uh, Kelvin Joseph uh, of whether he's staying, he's going back and forth with his dad. And it looks like uh, it, for now that uh, he's definitely staying at LSU. He's had a meeting with Ed Orgeron. We talked about it, that it likely would end up that way. But uh, it apparently it has for now. We'll say that. And some other news that's on the fringe of LSU that was a long shot, but uh, many of you may remember, some may be too young to remember, Ron Yeri. Ron was a g- great tackle for the uh, USC uh, in, in, uh, with the, in the late 60s. He was the number one pick overall in the NFL draft in 68 by the Vikings. He's got a son um, uh, that's in the 2020 class, a tight end that may grow into a tackle. He had LSU on his list and Arizona State and UCLA, Washington, and USC. He was going to announce today where he was going to college. He decided to announce late last night, and that's why we've got it up on LandryFootball.com. We'll announce to you, probably first time you've heard it, he is going to USC. No surprise there. That was a big favorite with his dad. But uh, 6'6", 249, and as I said, growing every day, and eventually be a tackle. Not going to LSU, not going to any other Pac-12 school, going to USC as his dad did. That surprise. Well, you said it didn't surprise you, but no. uh, uh, you, you, do you think that was pretty much a lot from the get-go? I thought it was a strong lean. I think the fact that USC's maybe a little bit unstable opened up the door for a couple of other people. Uh, I think it was going to be always on the West Coast, but there's a little bit of a connection there and uh, USC interest. Ed has obviously a background with uh, some USC folks and kind of got to know his dad a little bit when he was an assistant at USC. So it opened up the possibility and obviously the LSU program um, you know, certainly prominent nationally, but uh, it, it was would have been a very big surprise for me if he went anywhere, anywhere other than USC. It's now official as he's made that uh, official announcement late last night on the West Coast. Let's talk some defensive lines in the SEC. Uh, how would you have uh, the top defensive lines ranked uh, out of the conference? Well, to me, I think it's pretty clear that the best defensive line going into the season in terms of experience, in terms of quality, is Auburn. I think Derek Brown's back for a senior year. Uh, Nick Coe and Marlon Davidson, all really good uh, fixtures there. Um, Tyrone Truesdale, I think, is going to get the other spot at tackle. But they've got good depth. Got, they've got good versatility. I think Auburn's defensive line goes into the season as the number one defensive line in the SEC and maybe um, the number one defensive line in college football. I think Alabama is um, uh, in in the top five uh, as well nationally. I think they're the second best. Now, they're they're replacing some key guys. Quinnen Williams is gone. Um, But Brian Baker's got some really good players to work with on this D-line. Roquan Davis. Uh, remember the name DJ Dale, true freshman, has been outstanding uh, in early on. Antonio Alfonso, Stephen Wynn, LeBron Ray, uh, they just keep rolling on and on. No shortage of talent there. I think that they are uh, probably the second best defensive line. Uh, I would probably put Florida at, th- at three. I'd probably put AM and LSU at four and five, and I think you can flip those. Then I think you get Georgia, which it's the one area they're not as deep as the rest of the part of their roster. It's still pretty good. It's still in that fourth, fifth, sixth range. Then I would probably go with uh, I'd probably go with South Carolina uh, after that. Um, then I would probably go 
um, with the Mississippi State um, uh, or or Missouri in in that in that uh, in that order. Then I think you're bringing up the rear with the Arkansas, Kentucky, Ole Miss, uh, Tennessee, which is pretty young, and then Vanderbilt would uh, lead the bottom of, of how the def- the all important defensive lines stack up in the SEC going this year. All righty, stay tuned. Coming up, a recruiting report. We talk uh, Alabama Crimson Tide also a little bit later uh, in the uh, program. We'll talk about another LSU uh, verbal commitment. We'll step inside the film room, take a look at Auburn's coaches counting on a redshirt sophomore and a scouting spotlight. We look at uh, players from Missouri and Tennessee. Stay tuned. More after this. You're locked on SEC football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back. You're Locked On SEC Football Podcast with Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. It's a recruiting report. Alabama with a four-star 2020 verbal wide receiver commitment. Javon Baker, you like his burst. Yeah, you know, he's been a commitment to, gosh, I think since November, but wanted to really, as I've got more of a chance to take a look at it and study his tape, Man, the Powder Springs, uh, Powder Springs, Georgia native is something special. Uh, this guy is uh, reminds me a lot, uh, maybe even a little bit more explosive at the same stage as, as Judy, who's going to be a top five pick in the draft. This guy is really special. Um, I think he's got great burst, a great change of direction, really strong hands. He can snatch the ball out of the frame, um, out of his body frame. This guy's really impressive. Uh, and a big-time playmaker, and uh, with a little bit more chance, a little bit more film to look at him, he's something special, Dave. He really is going to be a uh, a name to remember, Javon Baker from Powder Springs, Georgia. No, uh, the Bulldogs are sorry they uh, were not able to get him. Headed to Alabama, uh, and strong, solid commitment, but a really special player. And they've just done a phenomenal job with receivers um, overall, they've done a phenomenal job, obviously at Alabama, but the receivers that they've continued to cycle in, it's been very impressive. Now the, the, the battles between Georgia and Alabama already uh, in, in the Atlanta area have been so interesting. I can't imagine where it goes from here with uh, Kirby and Saban continuing to go at such a, a fertile area. Uh, LSU five-star 2020 verbal wide receiver commit uh, Rakeem Jarrett, your thoughts, on him well he's another guy and it was kind of a receiver day i thought when i was looking by some comparison and and looking at um uh the 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 baker kid and wanted to look at jared a little bit more too by comparison and this lsu commitment's another guy that looks again a little bit like jerry judy in terms of his build um really good explosiveness probably one of the top 15, 20 players overall in the country. Um, he committed to, to LSU, gosh, uh, well, a month ago, towards the end of April. So uh, he is a really special-looking player as well. Um, you know, the, the the days of, well, boy, the, I don't know the passing game and, and the, the speed at receiver is quite what it is. Uh, SEC's got it uh, in, in spades here. This kid is can really motor, and he's got a big-time – uh, run after catch ability, but his ability to explode in and out of his cuts are very, very impressive. Um, they've got a great one in uh, Rakeem Jarrett, I do believe, at LSU. Let's step inside the film room. Um, redshirt sophomore running back, uh, Jartavius Whitlow. I hope I did okay on his name at Auburn. I know the coaches are counting on him. 
Well, that's why they just call him Booby. He's, uh, he's <laughs> there. You go. Yeah, he, he is. He obviously had a really good season last year, but it wasn't quite what they had hoped. If you look at the Auburn backs, and when they've been really good offensively, they've had outstanding backs that have really uh, allowed that fast pace downhill power run scheme to really go. Um, you know, Whitlow is is a good player. They're thinking that he can take that next step and be a great one. Now, I do think this, as I look at Auburn's backs, I think there's probably as much depth as Gus has ever had because with Cam Martin and Sean Shivers and Malik Miller and DJ Williams and Mark Anthony Richards, they've, they've all got ability. But do they have that bell cow back that can really lead them and really be that guy? They think Whitlow can be that type of guy, um, and I'm very curious to see. Certainly has talent, vision. I don't think he has the optimal burst of a great back, but I think in this system, again, where they pace you with alignment and speed at, uh, to the line of scrimmage, um, you know, he very well could be. Uh, this is an Auburn team that obviously it's a lot's going to be depended upon, you know, how this season starts off and then how it continues to progress. Auburn has been the ultimate roller coaster team among the big boys in the SEC. Uh, really, really good or really, really bad and very little in between. Big year for Gus. And for him, it's about the offense, and this defense can play. This can line up. We just talked about their defensive line. If the running game is on, then this can be a really good team. You know their question marks at quarterback. The running game's not on. This could be a very disappointing year. If it is on, then obviously it has a chance to be a pretty good one. And with that, it's probably going to come down to Whitlow and his ability to take control of this run game for him. Let's get to the scouting spotlight. Missouri senior linebacker, Kel Garrett, your thoughts? You know, he is a very underrated player. We always like to acknowledge guys that maybe you don't know quite as much. This is one of them that maybe could fit into this category. Um, uh, he signed as a three-star guy in the 2016 class. Um, he played in 13 games as a true freshman. He worked his way as a starter uh, the past couple of seasons. Uh Last year's tape was very good. Um, he was all over the field. He was very good against the run. He can make plays and penetrate uh, in the backfield, make some um, some a lot of TFLs, um, and you know he's he's got some avoid on the blitz. He really was a good player. He was voted uh, All SEC Second Team last year, um, and you know he's a guy that's got to improve a little bit in coverage. He's very active. Um, he's got three interceptions to his name. I think he can improve in that area. But Kale Garrett is a, a player to remember and to watch at Missouri. Uh, the, the program is not uh, one of the elites of the SEC, and you tend to overlook guys like that. But don't overlook this guy. This guy's got uh, really good skills. Kale Garrett, linebacker from Missouri. I know in Knoxville, a player that Tennessee fans are really excited about, uh, Quaveris Crouch uh, at linebacker. He's already drawn comparisons to Al Wilson. I don't, I don't know if he warrants that quite yet, but uh, his upside, as you pointed out on LandryFootball.com, is tremendous. It is, and you know, you combine two things that they've recruited pretty well. And, and there's, I think sometimes you know people get over, over, uh, overstep the hey, 
the program was a disaster under Butch Jones. I know it, it in, in a lot of ways it was, and it seems that way. There's some talent there, um, but there's not a, enough depth. And I think when you have the combination of, particularly on the defensive front, which we've talked about, defensive line um, and offensive line, in that linebacker, they're, they're open spots there, Dave, at Tennessee. And so they really need, they're going to start uh, probably as many true freshmen as anybody. And it's not because they, the guys that they've recruited are the best, although they're very good. It's just that the combination that they're very good and there's some openings uh, is going to allow for that to happen. Um, Cabarius Crouch is outstanding. He does possess really advanced leadership qualities. Uh, he's really good uh, athletically. And, you know, Tennessee beat out the Alabamas and the Clemsons of the world to get him. Uh, this guy is, uh, is really active. I think he's got really good instincts, and he's got good build. He's going to have to, uh, uh, to, to obviously learn a little bit uh, more uh, in, in terms of the college game and being able to understand uh, protections and, uh, and, and blocking schemes a little bit more, but he reacts very well to the ball, flows very well to the ball, and he squares up as a tackler very well. So uh, I think this kid's going to have an impact for the Vols uh, and will probably have to have an impact for the Vols early for their defense to have the type of success that they hope to. Coming up, we will have a report from Sandestin, Florida, the SEC spring meetings where news is uh, certain to happen. We'll revisit uh, the whole replay situation and what they may do there, the talks of going to uh, nine conference games and more. So stay tuned. Jimmy Holmes will join us on your Locked On SEC Football podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. You are Locked On SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is that your Locked On SEC Football podcast? We will talk to you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone.